It is weekly time. Man, things have been so busy but good in my world lately. Um, If you have not been listening to Weekly, then you wouldn't know this, but most people probably know that uh, we have added podcasts to the network. And our first one, Hustle and Muscle, is live. They are in episode two already. So they're rolling along every Monday. You can listen to um, their podcast. I have two more podcasts that are coming in hopefully June, and then two more that are coming in July. So the podcast network is growing, it's taking off. I'm so excited to see where this goes. You know, the reason that I wanted to have a network of people was really just to connect people. I have lots of friends all across the country, especially in the Southeast area, and I wanted to give them a place to share their voice. You know, it's, you could listen to me all the time and that's fine. I mean, I like talking about myself to myself, to other people about myself, you know, but ultimately, um, I want to use the tools that I have and the knowledge that I have and the platform that I have, not that it's that special, but I want to use what I have for other people to help them and to help promote them. So that's where this podcast network thing came from and where it's going is a way to promote quality content and to promote people that do this as a side hustle, that aren't getting paid money and don't have thousands of dollars or millions of dollars like something like This American Life or Serial or S-Town, which are all incredible productions, and we need those things. But there is a hole in the podcast world for average people who have something to say and want to share it with an audience. And so I want to help tell their stories and get the word out there. So that's where we're at. Um, Yeah, there are like five shows right now that are in the works. So stay tuned this summer and this fall even, and we're launching them out. We're trying to do it in a way where we create a sustainable thing and it doesn't overwhelm people and they're ready to go when they launch their podcasts so they can take care of them. And I'm here to support them and do whatever I need to make those things successful. So the last four or five weekly episodes I know, have not been wonderful. They've been me in my car or very short and just kind of talking about the podcast network or about things. And we kind of have gotten off track of our weekly format of telling stories and uh, taking some thoughts from the world. But today we are back and today's episode of Weekly is called Seeing Clearly. So if you follow me on a platform like Instagram or Facebook or somewhere that you can see photos of me, not just hear my voice, um, you would know that a couple weeks ago, I went to the eye doctor. And I have not been to the eye doctor in 10 years. Yeah, it's been 10 years. And 10 years ago, I went to the eye doctor and I got glasses. I was a senior in high school and they were not very powerful. Honestly, they were only for driving at night. So I haven't had glasses in a long time and I never wore those except when I was driving. And, you know, I thought my eyesight, it's not great, but it's not terrible. I can see okay, I think. And then I started noticing over the last six months that maybe I can't see very well, especially things that are not close up. And I started noticing this when I was driving in other cities that I was not familiar with and I couldn't read any of the signs. And so, um, you know, I just sort of bit the bullet and decided it's time to get my eyes checked. And Cami needed hers checked as well. And she wanted to get contacts. So we went to the eye doctor three weeks ago and they checked my eyes. And guess what? 
I can't see. I needed glasses. So after that process, um, by the end of that exam, you know, they show you like, here's what your vision is like without anything. And here's kind of what it'll look like with your glasses on. And it was like, holy cow, I can see so much better. But here's what's crazy. Before I looked through those lenses, before I went through that process, I didn't think that my eyesight was that bad. I just thought things were a little bit fuzzy far away, but I knew what was going on. I was in control. I had it all together. But the truth is, I did not. I could not see. But what it took to help me see was um, something that was true and right and good and correct and corrective for me. And so in that eye exam, I could see. And then I got to try on glasses and pick those things out and do all the stuff and fill out the forms. And that was fine. But then I left the eye doctor and had the most odd experience. And that was, I was almost like angry, frustrated, upset that I couldn't see. Because just a few minutes ago, I had seen so clearly. And now the world looked kind of uh, blurry. And an hour before that, it didn't matter because that's what it looked like to me. But I saw something and I really wanted that again. But they had to order my glasses and do lenses and you know all that stuff. And it was going to be about a week before it came in. And I remember walking away feeling upset. Like, I really want to be able to see again. And it was just for like 20 seconds. But it felt so good to see clearly. And so it kind of got me thinking about life and the connection, the parallel that, you know, sometimes we get used to things and things become normal and it just becomes kind of a way of life, but there's no vision, there's no sight, it's just blurry, but you don't notice that. And then all of a sudden something happens and then you can see again. But once you taste that, once you experience that, once you take that in, it's hard to want to go back to the other thing, even if it's just been for a second that there's clarity, that there's vision, that there's sight that sticks with you. Because ultimately, I haven't been able to see for a long time. But I didn't know that until someone showed me what it could look like. So back to the actual story part about the glasses and not just a picture of our life. I got my glasses um, two weeks ago. And I went and picked them up and was so excited. I put them on in the store. I looked across the parking lot and I could read the signs and it said rack room shoes and like smart cut. And so I was super pumped and I wore them home, was so excited. And as I wore them for about five minutes, things started looking a little bit weird in front of me, kind of in a V shape, like things are kind of pulling and it was kind of obscure. I didn't think anything about it, and I just kept driving. And then I got home, and I picked up my laptop, which is a rectangle, a 15-inch rectangle, and I sat it down, and it looked like a V. (laughs) The middle was, like, pulled in, and the keys looked, like, deformed, and it looked crazy. And I pulled my glasses off, and, you know, it looks normal. It's a rectangle. And I put them back on, I was like, oh, it was so, like, mind-boggling. And I was really struggling. And so I took them off and I called the glasses place that we had been to, the doctor's office, and said, 
I just got my glasses today and I think something's wrong with them because they just, I don't know, they're crazy. They're like distorting everything. And um, so the lady looked at my prescription and she looked at a couple of things and she said, well, I think that they're right. I think you're just going to have to get used to them. Your eyes are going to have to adjust and readjust and relax into that because you have an astigmatism and the way that they're made, they're going to kind of look crazy for a little while, but you're going to get used to it and it's going to be okay, but you're going to have to give it like five, seven days, but probably five days and wearing them as much as you can and just see what happens. And so I begrudgingly said, okay, I'll try it. So I gave it a few days and I wore them as much as I could, not really while I was driving because things were literally like distorted and V-shaped and it was kind of scary. So I wore them as much as I could. I got headaches. I worked through all that. It was, it was not a great time, honestly. And I was so excited because I could see like even with the glasses, you know, on and crazy looking, I could read everything, which was wonderful. But everything close up was just things that were one to three feet in front of me just looked so skewed and it was crazy. And by the end of Tuesday, the second day, even the walls farther away from me, like five or eight feet away, were were messed up. It was just like so crazy. And so I tried, I gave it my best effort and I kept trying and I kept trying and I kept trying. And it was just still frustrating. Now, at the same time, I had ordered a pair of glasses from Zenny Optical. Now, if you have glasses, this is a shameless plug. Maybe Zenny Optical will become a sponsor on the podcast network. But right now, this is free advertising. If you have glasses and you want a second or third pair or whatever, or just a different pair of glasses, you can get glasses on Zenny Optical for as little as like $9. And I'm sitting here recording this right now, wearing a pair that I got for $19. And then I even splurged and paid $5 more for some anti-glare lenses for driving at night and stuff like that. So for $24, I got these sweet glasses. They're clear. They have a black tortoise side. They're very cool. They look like $100 glasses and I got them for $24. So I had another pair from Zenni that came in. And so four days into it, those came as well. And I put them on and I thought, oh, these feel so much better. And I put my other glasses down and I thought, oh, these are right. Now I can see. I'm going to take those other glasses back because they're wrong. And so I did the next day. In fact, Cammie was out in town running some errands and I got her to take the glasses to the eye doctor. And so she told them, my husband got these last week. He says they're really just not working for him. Can you check them? I think something's wrong. Maybe the prescription's wrong. So they put them in the machine. They check it out. They say, well, everything's perfect. Either he's just not adjusted to them or or his exam is wrong. So we're going to have to do another eye exam. So let him come in this afternoon whenever he can, and we'll do another eye exam and just make sure everything's okay. And so at that time, I was wearing my Zenni glasses, and they felt good. They felt fine. And so I was just convinced that something had messed up. It wasn't my fault. And so I get my other glasses from the eye doctor, wearing my Zenni glasses, get in the car, and I'm driving down the road, and I have a thought you know what, I'm just going to put those glasses on and just see how crazy it looks. And so I get them out of the case, take off my Zenni glasses, put on my original glasses from the eye doctor, and the world looks exactly the same as it does with my new Zenni glasses. And I put them back, and I switch them 
back and forth and back and forth the whole trip to uh, the eye doctor, and they are the exact same prescription. (laughs) And so I go in and feel a little bit ashamed and a little bit embarrassed and say, "Uh, never mind, I don't need an eye exam. These are actually great. They're perfect. I just had to get used to them. And so they adjusted the the fit a little bit so they'd stay on my head better. But I walked out with the same pair of glasses that I had five days ago, except now I could see and things were coming back into focus. But really, I could see so much better. And I was embarrassed because I was just ready to just return them and just, you know. But um, actually, I just wasn't adjusted to it yet. My eyes had not relaxed into seeing clearly through those glasses. And so now, flash forward several days, almost two weeks later, and I love them. You know, I'm still getting used to wearing glasses all the time, and sometimes my nose kind of hurts on the bridge just from, like, having something sitting there all the time, but I can see so well, and I love it, and I am a glasses person now, so we're just going to make the best of it, but I can see clearly, and that's worth it. So this past weekend, I took a team of 11 people to a conference in Atlanta, Georgia at Passion City Church, and it was called Lift, and it was a conference for worship leaders and musicians and artists and creative people. Um, it was all about kind of church worship, not church, not worshiping the church, but like worship in the church, <laughs> communicating uh, the goodness of God to people. And while we were there, you know, it's it's a worship leader conference, so you assume that there's going to be singing and music and all those kind of things. And there was. There definitely was. And we got there a little bit late because traffic, ugh, because 85. It's not like Atlanta traffic is ever nice to you. It's not like ever your friend. But, man, we were off the interstate on an exit ramp 200 yards from turning right. And we sat there for 45 minutes. It was crazy. But anyways, back to the story about Lyft. So we were in Atlanta at Passion City Church for Lyft Conference, and uh, Louis Giglio gets up the first night to share a message. And before he gets into really anything, here's what he says. And I thought this was so interesting and so relatable with experiences that I'd had recently. And he says, worship, responding to God, worship is not about singing. It's about seeing And if you have a problem at your church or yourself personally or whatever with singing and worshiping, if you feel like people aren't worshiping, it's not because they're not able to sing. It's because they can't see clearly. They're not seeing God clearly for who he is and what he's done. And so he opens up a conference for worship leaders, for people who sing at churches, who lead singing at churches and says, I just want to remind you that worship is not about singing. And the thing that you're doing is not singing. The thing that you're leading people to is not necessarily to sing. The singing part is a response. The worship part that starts inside of them is about seeing God clearly. And you can't expect someone to worship as in like responding, as in singing, proclaiming that what God has done if they're not seeing that clearly. And so our job changes from being a cheerleader for someone, for pushing them to worship, for encouraging them and exhorting them and all those things, 
And we don't lead out of that place. We lead them to see God clearly for who he is and what he's done. So we can respond personally, privately for ourselves and corporately as a gathered people. And it just was like, yeah, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. And also because of the last two weeks that I've had where literally my sight has been affected so greatly by needing glasses, recognizing that I can't see, being offered something that gives me sight. Wow, like things start really clicking in my brain. I just start jotting down notes and I'm just like, I can't believe that this is all kind of coming together like this. And so I'm sitting there listening to this message about how worship is not about singing and it's about seeing. And I'm thinking about the experiences that I've had over the last few weeks and what it feels like (laughs) to see something when you can't see, except you don't know that you can't see. Because when you don't know that your eyesight's bad, you think your eyesight's normal. And then you see something, you experience something like corrected vision at the eye doctor giving you an exam. And it's like, that's, that's what I want. Yep, there it is. I found it. That's, that's what I need. And then there was this frustration because I got the thing that I needed and it took some time to get used to it because what had happened is my eyes have been straining for a long time and they like hurt. And now that my eyes are relaxed, they feel so different. Like I can feel that my muscles have relaxed in my eyes from straining and the the crazy V-shaped things and obscure things are gone. And now I can just see clearly. And so I thought about my experiences over the last few weeks as I'm sitting there in the back of the room, which I could see the screens clearly because I had my glasses on. And normally I wouldn't be able to see and read the text on the screen and read the lyrics and all that kind of stuff. But I could see just fine. Talking about how Leading people in worship is not about singing with them. It's not about leading them in singing. It's about leading them to see and pointing them to the goodness of God, the bigness of God. But it's not my job to be God. It's not my job to explain to people all the things in the world, to answer all their questions, to even know all those things. My job is to help people see to show them what God has done for me and who he is and pray and hope and lead in a way that they can see that for themselves. And then once they see the goodness of God, once they see the greatness of who he is and what he has done for us and the love that he has for us, singing is easy. That's just the outpouring of what is inside, of seeing clearly. Because just like when I put my glasses on, ha, ah, I can see. When we see what God has done for us, when we give in to that, then we respond. So I don't know where you're listening to this episode of Weekly or when you're listening to this episode. Maybe you're making dinner or driving in the car or walking on a treadmill or cleaning up the house. I don't know. But if you feel like I need some vision. I can't see very clearly. Or maybe you're at a place where you don't know whether you can see 
clearly or not. Now, if you think physically you can't see clearly, I would encourage you to go to your eye doctor because they can help you. You should do that. But maybe spiritually, emotionally, you feel like, I need some clarity and I don't feel like doing all the things and going through the motions. Well, then let me encourage you today that you don't have to fake it till you make it. You don't have to keep pretending and trying and striving, but instead, take your focus off of yourself and onto the goodness, the wholeness, the fullness of God, who He is, and remember what He has done for you, the faithfulness that He has given you, the family and the life, the joy that He has given you. Those things are important, and from that, it will reset your focus, and you will reset your vision, and then you can see clearly into your present circumstance. So, put on that spiritual, soul-corrective look into the goodness of God. Remember that He loves you, that He cares for you, that there's a plan for your life, there's a purpose. And then remember what God has done for you, that He has been with you in difficulty and in strife, that He doesn't leave us and He doesn't forsake us. And once we start seeing that clearly, and I'm including myself in this because, man, it's easy to get stuck in a lack of seeing, in a blurred vision. But if we can see clearly who God is, what He's done for us, then our circumstances become much more in focus and we can see with greater clarity And maybe that's going to help you take that next step, the thing that you're stalling, the thing that you're waiting for. Maybe you just need to see clearly. And then when you see, you respond, you move, you take that next step, you do the next big thing, you take that leap of faith without blurry vision, and instead you see clearly. I want to thank you again for listening to Weekly. If you haven't subscribed in iTunes, why don't you go ahead and just do that. Click on the link, subscribe, and also follow our Facebook page for ThoughtBox Podcast Network, where you get info about Weekly, all of our other shows, and things that we're adding this summer. If you go to Facebook and search for ThoughtBox Podcast Network, you can find it. And uh, so follow along. Uh, connect with our other podcasts. There's some really cool stuff coming out this year. We'll keep promoting that. We'll keep interviewing some people over the next few weeks who are launching podcasts, and you'll get to hear straight from them about what's coming up. And so, again, I'm just so thankful for the community here, and be sure to subscribe. But before we go, a quick message from the OG sponsor of the podcast, Model City Groove School. This season of Weekly is brought to you by Model City Groove School. Model City Groove School is a performance-based music studio in downtown Kingsport, Tennessee. They believe you learn music by playing music. They've hired the best instructors with over 4,000 hours of combined live performance experience to get you playing at your best the fastest. Have you ever wanted to learn an instrument or play in a band? Let Model City help you reach those dreams with weekly performance-based lessons. You'll get one-on-one teaching along with group rehearsals so you can take your passion and skill to any stage. 
Contact them through Facebook by searching Model City Groove School. You can leave them a Facebook message or their contact information is also on their page. Weekly listeners, you get a special discount. If you sign up for one month of lessons, you'll get your first lesson for free. So make sure to mention the weekly podcast when you sign up for lessons at Model City Groove School.